When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Blackout. As always, we come to you from bellyupsports.com, and it is time for a week eight pick'em pod. He is Alan Denton and can be found on Twitter at AD on The Blackout. I am Thomas Black, and you can find me on Twitter at TB on The Blackout. Alan, we got to welcome you back in after a busy, busy weekend of college football. But I think the thing that we all want to know is how much, sir, are you thinking about the college football playoff with your Tennessee Volunteers? <laughs> Well, I'm thinking about it a whole heck of a lot more (laughs) as in I'm actually thinking about it at all. (laughs) Before this week, there was no reason to even consider it. But now, yeah, you just begin to think and dream and things that I haven't been able to do at any point during any of the college football playoff era. Well, we didn't talk about it last week on the show because I don't think either one of us knew that it was going to happen, but uh, how was your trip to Knoxville? I'm sure there were some pins and needles sitting up in the stands for that crazy, crazy game, but what an atmosphere and what a win for your favorite team, something that hasn't been seen in a long, long time, especially against Alabama. Exactly. I've seen that Twitter wasn't a thing. You know, just all these kinds of things had occurred since the last time Tennessee beat Alabama, which was 2006. I was in high school when that happened, and I'm not anywhere close to high school now, but it was a ton of fun. I obviously haven't fully recovered my voice yet, but between that and all the memories, I was about 20 feet from the first goalpost coming down. I was on the field, and I was like, oh, piss, I got to get out of the way. (laughs) I don't want to get doinked on the head. You've got that right, man. I didn't even realize until the aftermath of that game that we still had college stadiums that didn't have the automatic goalposts that lower down after every game. You know, I was a little surprised by that. (laughs) Apart from like Florida State and Tallahassee, where they've got the double goalposts that obviously don't lay down themselves. But I was kind of thinking everybody had updated their stadiums. I just kind of forgot about the trend that used to be tearing down goalposts. But what a joy it was to see everybody in Knoxville going crazy with goalposts coming down, fireworks going off, just a massive chaos on the field. It was quite a sight. At some point, I could probably go down to the river here in Chattanooga and we can pick up the goalposts because <laughs> the students dumped it in the river in Knoxville and Tennessee River. So it's going to be heading down river sometime soon. <laughs> what a sight it could be. But Alan, if you're ready for it, let's go ahead and dive into our picks from last week. Even though uh, Alabama and Tennessee is only a small part of it, of course, it's fun to relive some of the chaos that went down over the weekend. Absolutely. Relive that glory. 
All right, Alan, let's jump in. We'll start first, as we always do, with the ATS Pick'em over on CBS Sports. Against the spread, it was a little bit of a rough week for you. I'm glad you got the Tennessee win just to help out a little bit with it. But you went 3-7 and seven in your picks. You took Illinois plus 6.5 and as an ATS lock. You took Syracuse minus 3.5, and, and you took Clemson minus 4.5 as the wins on your slate. The losses came down to Penn State plus 7.5, Kansas plus 7.5, TCU minus 3.5, Mississippi State minus 6.5 as one half of an ATS lock party. You Utah minus four and a half, Washington State plus three and a half, and Alabama, your nemesis, as a seven and a half point favorite. So, Alan, how are you feeling coming off the week where you went one and one in your ATS locks, bringing you to eight and six on the season, just over 57% in those locks? You're 31 and 38 overall. That's under 45%. You're going to tie for 19th, eight games back. So, uh, you've got some work to do as we head forward. Oh my gosh, it was a horrendous week, but it's the first one of those that I've had since week one, nothing really fell my way, even a game like Washington State and Oregon State. When the news came out that Oregon State starting quarterback wasn't going to play, Chance Nolan, I really thought that, you know, this feels like a game that Washington State can take. Cam Ward and company can be explosive on offense. And it wasn't that they weren't explosive on offense. They just didn't finish drives. Cam Ward had 345 yards passing, but had a turnover. They actually outgained Oregon State, but they lose by 14. So I had them covering and just totally doinked on that one in a fairly consequential game as far as the upper echelon of the Pac-12 standings. No doubt about it. Alan, on my side with the ATS slate on CBSSports.com, I had a pretty solid week. I went 6-4 and four against the spread. My wins were Illinois plus 6.5, Syracuse minus 3.5, Clemson minus 4.5, Southern Cal plus 4.5, Oregon State minus 3.5. I took your Tennessee Volunteers plus the 7.5 points. And then on the losses, I had Penn State plus 7.5 as an ATS lock, not even close Kansas plus seven and a half, TCU minus three and a half, and of course the other half of that ATS lock party with Mississippi State minus six and a half. So unfortunately, I've got to apologize to the listeners. I went 0 and 2 in my ATS locks. That puts me at six and eight on the season, under 43% hitting on those, but I will look to correct that as we move into week eight. My record on the season is a sparkling 36 and 33 as I drove up the standings. I'm in a tie for fifth place overall, hitting at just over 52% of my picks. I'm just three games back. So, Alan, I feel really good overall, but even my best plays, the ones that I call my best plays, did not hit this past week. So that is something that I've got to get corrected. Of course, Penn State was way off. That one was one that I thought could be very close. Maybe the Nittany Lions could be in contention to beat Michigan, but the Wolverines proved themselves to be very, very good, and I think much more impressive than I thought they were even just a week ago. And, uh, of course, when I take your Tennessee Volunteers plus 7.5 points, that feels really, really good, Alan. I thought they had a chance to win 
win this game. I was a little concerned because of McCullough being out in the secondary. I was a little concerned about some of the things going on with the offensive line, but I knew that Tennessee had the firepower to at least contend with Alabama. We had seen that early in the season when they played Texas with Quinn Ewers and company, and I thought that you would see a lot of the same stuff with Hunden Hooker being able to target his wide receivers down the field. It happened big time. Jalen Hyatt and all those guys went off, and Tennessee cashed for me in a big way with those seven and a half points. That set me up for a very successful day there in the mid-afternoon. Yeah, as a Tennessee fan, I still chose Alabama to cover, but I didn't think this was going to be a blowout. I thought Tennessee would be able to hang with Alabama. My best guess was that this would end up being a nine to 10 point game, which means they would have covered that seven and a half point spread. A couple of other things, you know, happened, then that could have definitely been the case. They were up late 49 to 42 if they get that fourth down stop instead of the pass interference, chances are Tennessee doesn't stop them. A couple of things go the other way. But yeah, I mean, I'm happy to be wrong on that one. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> In you some are. Ways, that's an emotional hedge bet, too. Mm-hmm. So that way, at least I get some points if Tennessee ends up laying an egg. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I think you're right 100%. Because think about even in back to the first half, Alabama just lame-brained trying to pick up the punt that wasn't touched by anyone turning that ball over and giving Tennessee a short field to go up at that point what I think it was 28 to 10 that was a huge huge turning point in that game when it felt like Alabama was maybe starting to turn the tide a little bit no pun intended it felt like they were maybe climbing back into the game but it delayed their comeback that much more the fact that Tennessee went up by three scores at that point I don't know that I've ever seen a Nick Saban coach team do something so stupid. My friends and I looked at each other and were like, that's what we're supposed to do in this kind of situation. (laughs) Not an Alabama team. With all the years of losses, something I cannot blame you for. Alan, something we track with our ATS locks going forward is, of course, I'm under 500. You're over 500 with your ATS locks. But when we've had a couple of lock parties that have failed, the important thing is to notice if you followed every single pick we've given out this season, of course, you would have just gone one and two this past week. That's not so impressive, and it's something that we need to correct. But if you followed every pick throughout the 2022 season, we are still hitting with a 14-12 and 12 record, setting you up for nearly 54% correct picks against the spread. And if you're not sure how good that sounds, what we're telling you is that's a baseline for you to land yourself inside the top five. A week ago, we had the best percentage of anyone in the group with our ATS locks, and we were setting people up for a potential top spot. But right now, our locks are hitting at a top five level, and that's something that's going to be very important to see if we can continue here as we move into the second half of the season, Alan. I still think we're giving out good stuff. We just got to watch out for these lock parties. <laughs> <laughs> That's bitten us twice. And Kentucky just whooped Mississippi State. Leach laid an egg. And I got to give a shout out to a longtime listener and supporter, Alex Chapman. He texted me after the podcast released last week. And he's like, bro, I think you guys may be on the wrong side of that one. (laughs) The the pirate always lays an egg, and this one's setting up just perfectly for it. And he was right. Well, contextually in that game, we talked about last week. The reason I gave any thought to Kentucky covering the spread was I talked about their veteran defense, 
that has a lot of experience and has played really well this season. I thought if Kentucky was going to cover, it was going to be because they were going to limit Mississippi State's offense, and that's exactly what they did in this game. They shut down the Bulldogs' offense, and they actually found some good offensive line play, man. You know, Chris Rodriguez runs for 200 yards. They finally got the run game going. It really established something where they were able to move the ball consistently throughout that game and something that I have a hard time imagining much of anybody was able to project going forward. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Alex, and we have to document that he is the leader of our current pick'em over on CBS Sports. He had a seven and three weeks to launch his record to thirty-nine and thirty. His winning percentage on the season is just over fifty-six and a half percent. And Alan, that's what we're talking about. Our leader may be hitting at fifty-six and a half percent, but like we documented, our ATS locks, if everyone follows the exact picks we give, is hitting just under fifty-four percent. So we're not far off of that mark that Alex has set, but he's done a phenomenal job and is somebody that we all have to keep our eyes on as we go into the second half of the season. Yeah, he's setting the pace, isn't he? No doubt. All right, Alan, let's go ahead and shift the page over to the confidence pick over on ESPN.com. You had a little bit stronger week over here going 6-4 and four in your picks with 34 points. Your wins were Clemson at a 10 as a confidence value pick, Michigan at a 9, Syracuse at a 7 as a confidence value pick, TCU at a 5, Oklahoma at a 2, and Utah at a 1. The losses were Mississippi State at an 8, Alabama at a six, Minnesota at a four, and Washington State at a three. Alan, your overall record comes to 48 and 21 on the season. You've got 279 points, sitting in the 95th percentile. You're in a tie for ninth, only nine points off the lead. So, how are you feeling over on the confidence side? Much better. (laughs) Far, far, far superior to the way that I'm feeling against the spread. You know, this is my home field in so many ways. I nailed the Clemson one, even though that game ended up being a little closer than than comfort. I think Florida State, did they backdoor cover there in the fourth quarter? They didn't cover. Clemson ended up covering, but they did have that kind of backdoor make the game uncomfortable deal, you know, because yeah, Clemson absolutely. had a big lead there in the second half. Yeah, they did. I mean, this game was, what, it's 34-14 and – Fourth quarter, FSU scores two touchdowns to make it a six-point game. This was something that DJU, he played well in. Will Shipley was able to run the ball. I'm not particularly high on this Florida State team. They're not terrible, but it was one that I nailed in having that at a 10. Syracuse, that was one of my big plays last week. It was a big deal that Devin Leary couldn't play. They continue to look like a team that can – threaten and push in the ACC. And then with Oklahoma, I did choose Oklahoma over Kansas. I was not confident in that, especially early in that game when it was back and forth. I think at one point it was 21-21, but they were able to settle in and get enough done. Even though Kansas came back and kept within 10, OU gets back on track. That's the reason I had it low because I didn't really trust them even though the line was at like nine, nine and a half. And I thought that was crazy, but Vegas nails it because that's what Vegas does. No doubt about it. They have something up their sleeve that tells them what's going to go on in these games. Alan, on my side with the confidence slate, I went seven and three and picked up 37 points, a solid week 
for me, the wins were Clemson at a nine, TCU at an eight as a confidence value pick, Syracuse at a six, Oregon State at a five, Michigan at a four, Utah at a three, Illinois at a two, and the losses were Mississippi State at a 10 as a confidence value pick, Alabama at a seven, and Kansas at a one. So, Alan, the way my stuff laid out, sure, I lost my 10 value pick with Mississippi State. That was a confidence play that I made on the podcast. That's disappointing. But again, in a week where we had a bunch of single score spreads, I really am not that concerned about that, especially when I was able to hit on a lot of other plays. I did have TCU as a confidence value play at a high level at an eight. You can talk about whether you think that's value or not placed in the right area because TCU had to come back from way down against Oklahoma State, but they really shut down Oklahoma State's offense as that game went on and they were able to climb out of that hole and that offense was never slowed down throughout that game. They even had some opportunities where they could have dug into the lead a little bit earlier than they did and they just came up short with some fourth downs and things like that. So that was a huge one for me, collecting those points, just identifying them as the better team in that matchup. I took Utah in a win at a low value, but this was a big one for me where a lot of people were on Southern Cal. But Alan, this was huge for me that I hit on both sides. I took Utah to win in the confidence pick them. I took Southern Cal to cover in the ATS pick them. So with Utah winning by one point, I won on both of those, and that was huge for my pick them slate. And then finally, with Illinois at a two, I kind of took your advice. You took Illinois plus the points as an ATS lock last week. I was with you on that side, and I went all the way to the other side to take the Illini to win against Minnesota. It was only at a two-point level, but again, there were a lot of people on Minnesota, and that was a big payoff for me and uh, what we were looking at because it was something we identified on the podcast last week. Tommy DeVito was banged up going into the game. I talked about the importance of whether he was going to be in the lineup or not, and I talked about absolutely being on the Illini if he was going to play. We got word on Saturday he was going to be in for Illinois, and it made the difference for me in having the confidence to go all the way over to the other side and picking the upset. And uh, that was another big one for me as I ended up, like I said, with 37 points. It wasn't right at the top of everybody's pick'em slates, but I had a solid top 10 or so finish during the week. So it really established my pick'em board to set me up in a good way to move up the board a good bit. Exactly. You've totally recovered from Clemson, NC State uh, from a couple weeks <laughs> ago, and you're back in it. You've plenty, plenty, plenty of time, even with that handicap. You were a little braver than I in that Illinois game. I was pretty bullish on Illinois, as you said, with the lock. I didn't end up going with them in the pickums, And as I texted you, I just thought Tanner Morgan and company would be able to get enough done offensively to win it by a field goal or something like that. And Illinois would still cover that did not happen. Illinois is downright a pretty dang good football team, which is remarkable to say. Totally is. Alan, the thing that hits for me is I'm now 47 and 22 in my picks. I have 274 points. I'm sitting nearly in the 93rd percentile. As you said, I've recovered a good bit. I'm now in 13th place overall, 14 points off the lead. I just still regret the error in my ways with clicking over to NC State when they played Clemson because think about this, Alan. Again, that was an eight-point play. 
If I had those eight points, I would be in a tie for fifth place right now and just six points back. So you know what? It's okay. I'll survive. I think that I have a great shot at probably finishing in the top 10 anyway as we go throughout the season, but it would be really, really nice feeling out a top five spot at this point in time with the week I would have had if I didn't have that error in my slate a couple weeks back. Oof, man. The one mishap. It's brutal. (laughs) Especially when it's at a high value, but so be it. I'll work with it as we go throughout the weeks ahead. Alan, our leaders in the confidence pick'em are tied atop the leaderboard. That is Tim and William. They each have 288 points. And get this, with the 101 points that were scored in the Alabama Tennessee game over the weekend. These guys were both short of that 101 point total by 36 points. So they have a dead tie on the leaderboard, 288 points apiece, but their tiebreaker a week ago was a dead tie as well. So if the season had ended with this past week, these guys would tie for first place and we'd be both sending them a first place prize because there's no way to distinguish them. But a really phenomenal performance for these guys as we head deeper into the year. Kudos to those folks for making the moves that they need to as we continue on. All right, Alan, you ready to go and dive into some ATS locks over on CBS Sports? Let's dive in, my man. All right. The first game I am going to look at because I had the better record between our picks between me and Alan is uh, a Big 12 matchup where I am going to go with what I know. Alan, this is a principle that we talk about on the podcast. We go back to the preseason. We talk about what we need to understand about each week's pick'em slate. But I am definitely going with some teams that I'm more familiar with because we have a lot of group of five flavor insider pick'em boards this week. So I am looking at this Big 12 matchup between the Longhorns and the Cowboys to figure out where I want to go with an ATS lock. And Alan, the things I've noticed about these teams is with Oklahoma State, you have the worst pass defense in the entire Big 12. They're giving up 301 yards per game. And on the offensive side, I'm wondering what's going on with Spencer Sanders' health. This past week, we learned in the game against TCU, the loss in double overtime, that Sanders had not practiced a single day the week before the game because of a shoulder injury going back the week before. It showed in his performance sum as he went 16 for 36 for 245 yards. Now, I think he could be a good bit more healthy this coming week against Texas, but if he didn't practice at all last week, I think there's a good chance he might still be limited in practice this week. If so, I think he might not be 100%. And when you talk about this Texas team, I think they surprisingly have a good defense that I think can limit this Oklahoma State passing and ground attack, especially with Spencer Sanders' legs. And I've talked about these guys before with Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, and JT Sanders. I think these guys can have an explosive day passing the ball against this Cowboys defense. Bijan Robinson is always a threat. And I'm going to take Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorns over Mike Gundy and this offense with a Spencer Sanders that's a little questionable in terms of his health, I'm going to lock it up and take the Texas Longhorns minus six and a half over on CBS Sports. You mentioned something very interesting, and that's the fact that there are a lot of group of five games this week, and so it's hard to parse and figure out where to go. You're exactly right. That's a principle going with what you know, who we've seen, what you've been able to look at with your own two eyes, And it does feel like these teams are heading in different directions. Texas is really starting to get some things clicking and going. 
obviously two weeks ago they whooped the big brother of Oklahoma State 49 to nothing. And just based on looking at pure numbers, as you talked about, this feels like that could be a good one. I don't know exactly where I'm going with this one yet, but I'm certainly leaning towards Texas. And it's a considerable spread, but it's less than a touchdown. I love those types of spreads. The six and a half point line is important to me in this one. I think that Texas is the better team. I think they've displayed that. I think they've got the far superior defense. They actually have a defense that's ranking up in the top half of the Big 12 in most categories. So I think they can get some stops against this Oklahoma State team. And I think this Cowboys team is going to have a really hard time slowing down this Sarkeesian attack. So I like Texas minus the six and a half. This is one that, you know, when I've had my 0-2 weeks in ATS locks, I've had a couple of them this year. I've usually bounced back in a reasonably good way. I haven't had back-to-back 0-2 weeks so far. I don't know if that's something to brag about, being that these are (laughs) supposed to be our best picks, but I just like the way this one lines up for a Texas team that is playing good football. And if this one hits, I'm just going to say there's some good value on it because right now the ATS Pick'em over on CBS Sports is showing two-thirds of people on Oklahoma State versus the one-third on Texas. So it's a little bit of a risky play, but I like it a lot. And if I hit on it, that means there's going to be a lot of people on the losing end of this one and very few people relatively on the winning side. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a lot of value to have in one pick. People are basing that probably on ranking alone, which Oklahoma State is ranked 11th over Texas being 20th, and based upon the fact that Oklahoma State is at home. Mm -hmm. So when you can take advantage of something like that, it's a really beneficial thing. Totally. Alan, where are you going against the spread over on CBS Sports? Well, I am going to go with a group of five game, but it is a team that we have picked a couple of times and that I've had the chance to look at. I'm locking in UCF at ECU. The spread is five and a half on CBS Sports. They're on the road against an ECU team that can put up some points. But when you look at this John Rice Plumlee team, they can both run the ball and they are very, very effective through the air. I see that over the course of the game, there's going to be too much, and I think UCF has the better defense. So when you look at ECU, they've been able to put up 40 points a few times, but they've also laid out some total clunkers where they've only scored 20 points or less. This night's offense has been very consistent outside of the Louisville game where they lost 20 to 14. They've been playing some of their best football as of late. I'm locking in UCF on the road against ECU. I like what you're saying. This is one that I'm not totally convinced where I'm going to go, but my lean is UCF minus the points as well on the road. Some of the factors you talked about, this ECU team not having as good a defense as the Knights do, the area they really struggle in is the passing game. Now, that doesn't go up, I think, with the strength of UCF's offense. I think the strength is the run, but this is a fairly balanced attack, and UCF has found success in different ways in different games, so I think there's a chance you could see them successfully pass the ball this game. If that's the case, I like the chance that they're going to put up some points. You mentioned the inconsistency of ECU. You mentioned struggling to reach 20 
20 points a couple of times. One of those was in a double overtime game, a loss to Navy where they only scored 20. They only scored nine at Tulane. Now, Tulane, I think, has a pretty good defense, so that's something we have to talk about. But in the games where they've played poor defenses is when they've scored a lot of points. You know, Memphis recently in a four-overtime game where they scored 47 points, you had 48 points against USF, but which team in the country that's played USF has struggled to score a lot of points? There's not many of those that you can name at this point in time. They scored 49 points against Campbell. Who cares? I think that there's a lot of rationale to what you're saying. So I have a little bit of concern that this thing could be close and ECU might find a way to keep this to like a field goal, but I do feel good about UCF winning the game. It's just a matter of by how many points. So I'm leaning your direction with the Knights minus the five and a half. That's probably where I'll be on Saturday, but I'm going to look at it deeper. And the only way I'd take ECU to cover is whether I think this is going to be a field goal game or not, because I don't think ECU is probably going to win this game. Right. I would agree with you that I don't see them winning this game. You mentioned that UCF's a fairly balanced offense. It's incredibly balanced. They're averaging 264 yards to the air, 261 on the ground, which is really remarkable. But this is a ECU defense that allows over 275 yards through the air per game. I just see this offense being too explosive. This isn't the type of game, though, where they're going to play above their head like they did against NC State to start off the year, right? This isn't the biggest game for them, even though it is a big game. So because of that, I don't see them playing above their heads. I like UCF. All right, Alan, you ready to flip it over to the other side on ESPN.com with some confidence value plays? Let's flip that bad boy. All right. I am going to dive right back into the same matchup I had before. I keep on doing this on our first pick'em pod, but Alan, I think there's a lot of reasons for it. I mentioned again and again that when I have a strong play, I feel like against the spread, I think that oftentimes leads to and correlates with plays in the confidence pick'em over on ESPN. So again, I'm looking at the Texas Longhorns against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Even on the road, I like Texas to win this game. That's obvious because I'm taking them against the spread, but I am going to take this and apply the same rationale that we did in the first picks. Go with what you know. I've seen Texas play this season before. They've played phenomenally against Alabama. I took them against the spread against Oklahoma. I do think this is a bigger test against Oklahoma State and can be a much more competitive game, but I think that Texas is, to me, clearly the better team through this point of the season. So I'm going to take Texas, and where they are a six-point favorite on the road, if you were to follow the spread, you'd put the Longhorns at either a six or a seven. But, Alan, in a week where we have a bunch of teams that are favored by about six or seven points, and you've got to gain some sort of clarity about who you like the most, I think that Texas, to me, is the better team. I like them on the road, so I'm going to boost Texas all the way up my board and take the Longhorns at a 10 this week in confidence. Wow. My goodness. You are hooked on them horns a whole lot more than I am. Let me just (laughs) tell you that. I appreciate it, but that's one of those games that historically has been close and pretty wild. Even though Spencer Sanders has been limited, that guy – typically has played well against Texas. Now, I think this is a better Texas team and better Texas defense particularly, but I just tend to shy away from those road teams that high on my board. But I appreciate 
the moxie. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, I really do. I appreciate that. Well, you mentioned specifically this Texas defense, man. They've played well. They limit the run really well. They've been fairly good against the pass. It's just something that I mentioned it earlier. It's been surprising to me. This Texas defense for I feel like the last three, four, five years has been one of the worst in the Big 12. But somehow, some way, Steve Sarkeesian and his coaching staff have gotten this thing turned around really quickly. You know, you can't say they're one of the best defenses in the country, but they certainly are one of the best defenses in the Big 12. And I just think that that going on the road, I think it's going to travel well. And I think Texas is going to find some ways to put up a good offensive game. I think it's going to be a fun game. We'll just see if Texas can limit and uh, turn over Spencer Sanders. Definitely. Alan, where are you going in confidence this week in week eight? Okay, so this is a team that I I chose last week, but ended up being against the same team that you just picked against. That's Oklahoma State. I said that I think there's something about this TCU team that feels like they might be the best team in the league. I'm going with TCU at home over Kansas State. As I continue to look further and further into this Kansas State team, they do legitimately have a good defense. That cannot be denied. Obviously, they hold Iowa State to nine points on the road. They hold Texas Tech to 28. They held Tulane in a weird type of game to 17, the only game of the year that they've lost. But we've since learned that Tulane is a pretty dang good team. But they've not played an offense of this caliber yet, in my opinion in TCU. Kansas State has to travel to TCU. I think TCU learned some of their lessons last week against an Oklahoma State team that should have probably beaten them. And Kansas State can't throw the football. They're only <laughs> they just can't throw the dang football. Yes, they're coming off a bye, but they just can't throw the football. I don't think a, a week off's gonna do that as much as a week off for me can help me run a marathon. So I'm saying that TCU, they're currently a three and a half point home favorite. That would be a three on your board. I'm moving that into the five, six range. Okay. I understand. And to me, that feels like a lot of confidence because moving them up that two or three spots on your board, you've got to be feeling pretty good about the Horned Frogs when they're a relatively small favorite on their home field. I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm not totally positive where I'm going on this game, but at this point in time, I'm keeping TCU much closer to that low level in value on my board. At this point in time, I've got TCU circled on my pick board at a two. So I'm not feeling quite as hot on TCU this week as I was a week ago. It is that thing that we talk about with a bunch of one score type spreads that we have in front of us. You've got to pick somebody to be confident in for some reason or another. Last week, I was feeling it with TCU. This week, I'm not feeling it as much going up against that Kansas State defense. And a Kansas State team that, sure, they're not super impressive offensively, but they do run the ball really, really well. And I think there's a chance we could see a pretty close game here. So I'm going to stick on TCU probably as the week goes on, but it will be lower on my board, certainly, than you have it at a five or a six. And I can very much appreciate that. As you mentioned, there's almost no distinction between the top of the board And through number two, you would say on the confidence level, you're talking about a four-point swing. The highest right now is a seven-point favorite. The second one is Cincinnati 
at SMU, and that's a three-point. That's all of them being within a touchdown. And so you're looking for small distinctions. I like Max Dugan and company to be able to take care of business. All right, Alan, if uh, you have anything, what are some tidbits you can give out about your picks coming on the bonus pick and pod? Well, I mean, I'm going to go for a favorite going down. I think that's going to be one that you're going to want to pay attention to. Very cool. And I'm going to touch on a couple more Power 5 conference games. It's from different conferences, one in the ATS Pick'em, one in the Confidence Pick'em. I am staying away in my picks from these group of five schools, but I appreciate Alan's gumption and moving that way earlier in this episode. So, Alan, it's going to be a fun bonus pick and pod. And those of you who want to listen to our thoughts on some of these matchups coming up in another very difficult pick em slate, you can jump on board with us and catch that content by jumping on our team over on Patreon. You can support us for as little as $2.50 a month. And in the long-term run of this podcast and our contest, and hopefully landing much bigger prizes in the future, that could be something that really benefits us going forward. So we would appreciate your support, but if you want some insights into what we're looking at on our Pick'em Board, we'll give it to you over there against the spread on CBSSports.com and some more picks in confidence over on ESPN. Alan, thank you for your time. Look forward to talking to you here in just a bit. Absolutely. See you on the other side. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. <laughs>